Mm. Uh, did you catch that? Uh, Lamar stated his views on police brutality with that line in the song, quote, and we hate the popo, want to kill us in the street, faux show. KG. Ah, <laughs> oh, please. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't like it. All right, we hot? Oh, we're hot. Oh, uh, we're, we're hot. Welcome, guys, to Thick Wives Cast, the cast where we got wives so thick they make the Berlin Wall look like tissue paper. We're the true heroes of feminism, the one with the thickest, thickest wives. How thick's your wife, Yogi? Like a milkshake, Palmer. Hell yeah. Sean, how thick's your wife? My wife is so thick, people in England think she's really stupid. What? Is that a stereotype? No, the word thick in England, it means, what are you, thick? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I have forgotten that colloquialism. Yeah. Because I live in the U.S. of A. My wife's so thick, she thinks Sean McCarthy's funny. But do it as Borat this time. My, my wife. <laughs> my wife is so thick that we ate her because we were hungry. <laughs> There's no food in Kazakhstan. There was a heyday where a good Borat impression couldn't get you laid, but you'd get an HJ out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got so. a I got a three way with my bull rat impression. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Ladies, how much?" <laughs> and they were just soaking wet. Yeah, of course, as as the female population does when they hear a superb bull rat. Bull rat. Guys, welcome to Democracy Later. I'm Andy Palmer. I'm Yogi Polywall. I'm Sean McCarthy. And uh, you know what's in the news right now? What's in the news, Sean? Uh, well. Eric Bowling has uh, unfortunately lost his rap beef with Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to edit this and I'm going to put in a, a bowling how about, sound. How about you edit it right a strike now sound? and put some horns in. Some, meh, some, meh, meh. some solid horns. A perfect opportunity for horns. What was Eric Bowling's beef with uh, Kendrick? Well, he was uh, featured on the new Kendrick album. He had a guest verse. You think they'd clear that with standards? Do <laughs> 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 it to, to the mic. Um, there it is. There it is. Nice. So, uh, Eric Bowling, of course, is a, a Fox News host who um, hosts a program, or he did host a program called The Specialists. And he previous, uh, but of course, Fox News has announced his suspension after it emerged uh, in a Huffington Post article that I'm just going to quote right now. Eric Bowling, a longtime Fox News host, sent an unsolicited photo of male genitalia via text message to at least two colleagues at Fox Business and one colleague at Fox News. A dozen sources told Huffington Post. And I just like when you got like a dozen people who are like, oh yeah, yeah, no, he uh, <laughs> sent his dick to at least three different co-workers. <laughs> I wish they said Baker's dozen, even if it wasn't true. <laughs> like, they really wanted you to know, like, oh, a dickload of people saw that dick. <laughs> uh, it, this shit just makes me so happy, though, because it's like, what a fucking ghoulish piece of shit this guy is. He's I want like to see a- him get rehabilitated by posting about how much he loves his thick wife. <laughs> <laughs> is he married? Do you know that? Yeah, he is married. He, um, piece of shit. That was actually, like, so his, like, big controversy earlier, which, like, I didn't... Look, I like a sexist joke, so I didn't think it was a big deal. But it was like, I think it was the United Arab Emirates had like a female pilot bombing ISIS Uh or something a couple years ago. And he got in trouble for saying, uh, would you describe that as boobs on the ground? Oh, wow. And and so the quote he gave after was, uh, you know, I, I realized I had to apologize when I came home and my wife was giving me that look, you know. Uh, and so I just I, I kind of imagine what kind of look she's giving him now that he's uh, sexed at his dick to at least three different colleagues and uh, some other fun stories. Uh, Caroline Heldman is a Fox. She doesn't appear on Fox News anymore, but she was kind of a guest contributor for a while. And after Eric got suspended, she wrote this Facebook post. Uh, that I'm just going to quote a quick paragraph from. She says, quote, Eric asked me to have meals with him on several occasions, but I found excuses not to go. Once he took me up to his office in New York, showed me his baseball jerseys, and in the brief time I was there, let me know that his office was his favorite place to have sex. I know other women who have had similar experiences with bowling, which means that a lot of Fox knew about his behavior well be- A lot of folks at Fox knew about his behavior well before 2017. Um, and you know, 
The Office, I think we can all agree, is our favorite place to have sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and my office job, when I'm entering my Microsoft Excel spreadsheets, I like to uh, you know, bring the hose up there. And uh, When you rules. enter your Microsoft Excel spreadsheets... You enter your Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. I just like the idea of like having a cubicle but getting late at work. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yo, girl, you gotta keep it down. <laughs> you just look over to the cubicle next to you and you just see like a head bobbing up and down. Like <laughs> with just, each thrust. <laughs> you just like put a sock on like the end of your cubicle, like, do not disturb. <laughs> I'm cheating on my wife here. Um but yeah, more fun Eric Bowling shit. So he gives this interview to uh, NJ.com, New Jersey, because <laughs> he's from New Jersey. Right, of right, right, of course. Uh, so this is just like a quick uh, thing of. Andy, uh, are you just watching shit? Oh, I'm. Uh, I just put up the uh, the guy who posted about his thick wife. Oh God. Did a TED talk about how narcissist millennials are changing the world. You know, we're recording a podcast right now. Like, you know that, right? Yeah, I know Andy. that, but I want to also really get to the bottom of Thick Wife Guy. All right. Yeah, well, Andy, why no, don't you no, have the Sean, decency let's, let's, like I do to do my research at 3 Sean, p.m. when we're supposed to start recording let's, instead let's of least, during the actual recording? Let's at least let him play this out. So what are you learning right now, Andy? What was so imperative that you had to turn on a video, had me mute your mic because I didn't know what the fuck you were doing, and are you watching it with subtitles at least so you can catch... I'm watching it with subtitles now. Uh, I'm learning that he cares a lot about how important millennials are. And somehow that got him the opportunity to strap on a mic that hangs from his ear and uh, talk about how narcissistic millennials are changing the world. You know, I never thought somebody describing his point would prove his point so much. <laughs> I just like how the guy who posted about his thick wife has the most TED Talk TED Talk. What do you mean he's got the most TED Talk TED Talk? It's not about anything. But it still ends Unlike with changing all those the other world. TED Talks. Right, right. They're all not about anything. I mean, like... I know. that's, But this is the most TED Talk. Because it's just, you don't like this generation, but they're good, actually. In mm. fact, they're changing the world. Like, how all narcissists are millennials. Something no one really uh, believes, but he still took that anyway and then took it to the extreme of they're changing the world. Um, so Eric Bowling on the Fox News uh, sexual harassment culture, because NJ.com asked him about, of course, uh, Bill O'Reilly's scandals. And uh, here's the quote. Uh, As for those scandals and the impression that Fox News's corporate culture is not friendly to women... Quote, it's something I've never seen and experienced. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a male, Bowling says. It comes as a shock to me. Um, yeah. Best gender, men. Man, I, I, like, the gall to be like, oh, the thing I'm doing? <laughs> I've never seen it. Like, how low of a person do you have to be to have that stance in life? The thing you're actively doing, you're denying to the public. And the press. Yeah, but that's, like, a lot of people now with, like, the whole woke culture thing. You know, just, like, a lot of people are racist or sexist or discriminatory, and they assume that uh, whatever they're doing is somehow different or whatever else. Like, Bowling just probably thought he was a fucking player, and his colleagues loved banging him in his office. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ain't guess. a player. I just uh, crush a lot. Right. right. I just crush libs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate the play. I hate the game. <laughs> oh, and my other favorite thing from that New Jersey article is, so bowling was apparently offered like commerce secretary or some shit by the Trump administration. <laughs> and he turned it down because he wanted to be a senior advisor to the president. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did say that... Uh, The end quote that I love from this article is he says, when the lights go down on my TV career, the next step is running for Senate. And uh, unfortunately, we will not get uh, Senator dick pics. I mean, we will, but it won't be Eric Bowling. We had representative dick pics. (laughs) Uh, Who was he? Wiener? Yeah. He was New York. Which? I don't know the district. Uh Um, But yeah, Eric Bowling was a big call out and he was like anthony weiner is a sick man 
It's like he is, but uh, I don't know if you're the right person to diagnose that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Andy, you ate the butt or something? <laughs> yeah, I ate the butt like two weeks ago. First of all, how does it feel to now be a part of the butt club? Um, About the same. That seems like an appropriate place for our podcast to end, though. Because Andy eats the butt. <laughs> Andy finally ate the butt. And then the podcast ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, there was a logical beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And the sun sets. Yeah. <laughs> well, as the sun set on the darkest place on the human existence, how did it feel to taste the black hole? Um, I wasn't really focused on taste. Okay, much? well, what was your experience like licking some butt? I was like, well, that's a butt. I hope I'm licking it right. And? And then I licked it. Well, did you lick it right? I think so. I got positive feedback. There's no wrong way to lick a butt, Andy. That's what's great about it. It always... you There's there's a wrong way to lick a butt. What's the wrong way? I don't know. It's... Uh, Say it, anything about licking a butt and claim that it's the wrong way. Uh, you just poke the sides with the... It's foreplay, tip of baby. your tongue, foreplay, that's... and then that's it. Yeah, Sean, have you licked the tips of your tongue to the outsides of no. the butt? No, you know, I, I stop at the thighs. The thighs are my DMZ. <laughs> 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 I do not cross that area. You don't cross. Wait, you don't even eat pussy. I eat pussy for the right person. But you know what? <laughs> wait, wait, who's wait, the wait, wrong wait. person? Yeah, who's who's the wrong person? I don't know. Like, who doesn't Sean eat pussy for? Name a politician's child that you would not lick the pussy of. Chelsea Clinton? You licking Chelsea's? Yeah, sure. I'm like, but that's just like good praxis, where it's like, I'm just trying to convert her to like the DSA line by, you know, giving her like pleasure with my mouth is like, what you do is you give an orgasm and then you're like, uh, hey, have you thought about uh, housing as a human right? Yeah, I mean, that's the, if there's a time to mention it, that's the moment. <laughs> Did you have housing conversations once you were done licking the butt, Andy? Uh, I didn't, but I'd like to imagine like you lick the butt, and then you're like, have you thought of housing as a human right? And she just goes, that is not practical in our lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed your licking the butt. So how many times you lick it? Uh, just the once. No, but like... Okay, so you went, you licked it, you licked it, you licked it once, and then you're like, all right, if you were the lollipop commercial, like it was a couple of minutes, and you were the owl, and I'm the kid asking how many, it was a couple of minutes. It's, uh, I don't, I don't like, you know, flick the tongue or anything. I just do, you don't flick the tongue. I just do, you know, round, round the clock. You gotta flick the tongue. Up and down. Why do you gotta flick the tongue? You gotta add some, the the variety is the spice of life. It's not paprika. You've been lied. I, I have a solid technique. It has been tried and tested on other places. First of all, your licking technique of the pussy doesn't translate to butt licking. Like it's mm. it's like community college. Who just college told me that there's no right way or wrong way to lick the butt? There's no wrong way to do it, but if you're using the same moves, you you got to spice it up. That's true. The the spicing it up is it's the butt. You just no you no go that's the like. Clock. That's like being like, oh, we added curry okay, powder to Okay, tell me, Professor, I have only licked the butt once, too. Uh, yeah, uh, but I can comfortably say I had a wonderful experience. How many times I lick? Good 50 to 70. I think we're, we're in that range. Well, you oh, just wow. flick, you flick, you flick, you flick, lick to the butt? Yeah, you got to flick, lick. Why do you got to flick, lick? Because you got to tease the butt. You can't just be all tongues and elbows. Teasing the butt is eating the puss. That's teasing the butt. Completely different areas. You can tease a cock by licking the balls, but you can't be like, oh, I licked your cock. Your balls are good, too. No, I want both. (sighs) Look, all I'm saying is uh, a true Marxist revolutionary is not focused on individual pleasure. And actually, (laughs) uh, Mao or any other revolutionary would not make anyone, quote, unquote, come. All right. I I know why Sean's single. (laughs) Because Sean's too Kantian about eating the butt. You know... Wait, no, too utilitarian. My dick Thank game. You, Kantian. Thank you for clarifying your philosophical... Like, some of us are just born with a, a perfect dick game. And, like, I know this is, like, a shitty male thing to say, but if I drop two orgasms with my dick game, uh, I think I think I'm doing all right. 
I think I think I don't have to put my tongue on any fucking unwashed butts. Thank Sean, you very much. Any Yahoo, uh-huh. YooHoo even, YooHoo, with over five inches can pull out two orgasms with their dick game. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta eat, you gotta eat snatch to like bring it up a level. Like it's not just, it's not just about like giving someone an orgasm. You gotta like set the table mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a strong dick game. You can't just go straight in dick first. You're gonna, right. You're, you're, you're gonna. Fancy restaurants don't just have fancy food. They also got ambiance. You see what I'm saying, Sean? Yeah. Well, that's where the magic cards in my room come in. <laughs> The magic cards. Look, there's like a poster what, okay, for like so Star Wars. The and magic <laughs> cards, the Star Wars poster. What else is your foreplay that <laughs> is pre-dick game? You want to hear this in Sean's room? I, he has two desks. One of them is just for magic shit. Uh-huh. That's, that's respectable. That's an organized desk game. Yeah. I also, I have the bookshelf where we discuss Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's Hitler's mistresses. <laughs> Hitler's willing executioners, uh, you know Hitler by Ian Kershaw. You got your whole Hitler. You don't have the Third Reich trilogy. Yeah, well, that's I rely on Andy for that. Well, that's good. To know. <laughs> he fills in the gaps in my knowledge. We go through the entire Hitler section of my bookshelf as foreplay, <laughs> and then the and then we and then we <laughs> go over to Andy's room, and he explains the other parts of Hitler that weren't covered by the bookshelf. I explain and then Hitler's she's soaking context. Wet. <laughs> he puts him in the wider context. <laughs> I mean, I think a good place to start is Bismarck, actually. <laughs> he did create yeah, the Yeah, no, you can state. fuck on my bed. So, uh, anti-Semitism really has nothing to do with religion. Uh, I was thinking about... <laughs> I hooked up the other day, and I was thinking about fucking on... Our other roommate's bed. Like, I considered Andy. Which one? Half, but the other roommate. We have two. The other one. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> both of them know which one it is or isn't, so... I'll, I'll say this. Is it the nicer one or the less nice one? <laughs> I was considering fucking at our landlord Chris's bed. <laughs> and uh, But I also briefly considered fucking at Andy's bed, and I was like, no, Andy's room's disgusting. <laughs> How is Andy disgusting? I'm openly no, disgusting. I won't deny it. I but, mean, uh, he just my, like it's it's in a transitionary yeah. uh, state. Like it's got a glitter box in it. Yeah, glitter box kind of ruins the the pussy the game. The ambiance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but we're really into that. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna do some litter box play <laughs> in Andy's room, but I was like, oh, I'll have to clean it up after. Wait, when'd you smash? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Who'd you smash? A girl from Tinder. Tinder girl? First time smashing her? No. Second time? Uh, more than that. I don't know. You lick, you lick the butt? No. You That's, lick the this is No. Like, no, I didn't. And you know what? Yes, I should have. But... Should go down on you? How do you get to three times without going down on her? Because well, I'm a Sean's selfish... Lo- look, Sean's I, got that dick game exactly. he's talking about. Look, I laid down the dick game, and she had convulsive orgasms and i was like that's it do you know sean goes hard in the paint exactly you and i be around the bush trying to get single shots in the fucking uh-uh you gotta, you gotta get your i don't feel bad that i'm kind of shitty about going down on girls and i really shouldn't be well, hold up though it's it's okay to not be open to doing it that much how many times you eat the box like with this girl i haven't but well, like yeah, in general how many times in you general eat the box? i don't know like 10 to 20. And how many times, percentage-wise, has Wait, it gone t- great? Total? 10 to 20? Yeah. Like, like in your life? Yeah, probably around there, yeah. I mean, I don't go down on girls that much. There are, like, a few that... 10 like, to 20 total times in your entire life. Yes. Well, what, is that number low or high? What do it, you is, think it, is? it is very low. Yeah. He's, Look, he admitted he doesn't like doing it. I, I know. He's I'm like just, Larry David. I'm it just dumbfounded by... Like you've had more sexual partners, hell yeah, than times that you've eaten box. Um, that's probably true. That is that is astounding that's, to me. I guess that's what happens when you're an alpha male. <laughs> I mean, there's you know, a correlation there. That's Andy. how you don't get. That's how you don't get uh, relationships. Yes. Second time around, because you open with that, that, and like, 
to to quote Brett Raybould with his great joke, you're playing with house money. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Where's the craziest place you guys have eaten box? A bed. Andy? Probably a car. <laughs> no, the craziest place was my ex's apartment because she lived there. <laughs> <laughs> a car in front of the Point Defiant Zoo. You guys know like a the car em- in front of an elementary school? <laughs> <laughs> you guys know the emergency. Hey kids. You want to Sandy? One, two, three. We're good. And okay, so this We're guy. We're talking about sick wife, man. After a break caused by a uh, battery malfunction due to yeah. Alex Patek. Yeah. The, Yogi, after, buy after better Alex technology. Patek sponsored break. You want to um, give me back that mic real quick? <laughs> Do the rest <laughs> of the episode without the mic you got in your hand. How about that? <laughs> I will yell onto your guys' mic. I, you can it, take my you mic, out. but you will not take my unhelpful interjections. Here, here, uh, Andy, guess what? Anything he say won't be recorded right now. <laughs> and he's out. He's already out. All right. So, um, yeah, Andy, nobody gives a fuck about this dude. He's all he's doing is promoting fucking girls that ain't perfect tens. And you know what? Anybody advocating pound a not ten? No, no, that's good enough. Every most people. Here's what off. he did. Here's what he did. He put a picture of his wife. Where like her ass was kind of showing in through her yeah, swimsuit, uh-huh. and the lighting was just right to show like a small amount of cellu- cellulite sure, she had. Sure. And then he wrote, uh, "I back in middle school, people made fun of me yeah. because I like women on the thicker side. Sure, sure. But I love my wife, her curves and all." And basically, he went on this long thing, acting like he was a hero for fucking his like wife who. Honestly, if you look at pictures of her, she is probably below the average weight for her age. I don't know if that's true. Like, she's definitely in the obese category. BMIs? Huh? Have you seen the pictures? Of I, her? Know, I know. I know she's these not photos. Obese. The, yeah, oh, he, the BMI standards are really fucking weird. They're, BMI standards, but even like even compared to like the average, I think for her like her height, she's probably no, she's like five skinnier. two. So I bet she's like she's one, five two. Yo, he, you, can you keep me back in? So you're, I can you're back in. in. You're in. All right. So. Can we talk about how Andy doesn't want to talk about this Fox News host, Eric Bowling, because he doesn't think he matters or people care about him. Right. But he wants to care about some random guy who posts an Instagram photo right. and gets dragged by the most useless people on Twitter. Where it's like, this is just the thing that happens. It's like, yeah, this guy's a piece of Sean. shit. But the entire uh, makeup of Twitter is we find a fucking daily piece of shit and oh, we yeah. drag them and we pretend that that's going to fix anything. I'm sorry you don't Twitter respect Twitter is a toilet wives. bowl. And the piece of shit that's stuck in the rim is like these people and people collectively pissing mm-hmm. on these pieces of shit that's stuck to the rim. That's that's all you're doing right now. That is right. Yeah, they're trying to qu- clean the toilet bowl of culture by pissing on the urine. And it's but like they're just making there's it more already going to be po- poop oh, by so pissing on the doing, fecal so matter. Doing, so this podcast is now against making fun of people who present bullshit feminism no, we're and act like heroes. Fun of you Suddenly we're against that on that on this podcast. Yes. 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 yes I think now so. that I've decided yes. that I want to get laid, I'm going to be <laughs> presenting bullshit feminism. We're now and, male yeah. feminists. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, let's let's get Kilstein on for our fourth mic. Then. That'd be so good. I would actually 100% support it. Oh, did I tell you guys so Does Kilstein like thick girls? Uh, I don't know, probably. I bet he's got good no, mic here's control. here's the thing. Is this guy is broadcasting that he likes, like, uh, what he calls thick women. What's wrong with women. him saying that he likes thick women? I like my thick Because he's basically wife. saying, like, most people find my wife fat and disgusting. <laughs> my, my... Don't you think but this guy I think hangs she's beautiful, out despite with pieces of shit that do think his wife is disgusting? That's probably this guy's life. Fucking... I don't know. Whack-ass TED Talk motherfuckers. Now nah, the motherfuckers vapid as shit. Every what? TED Talk Why is he a like hero? A Why does that excuse shit? him for being a hero? Guess what? Everybody can presume they're a hero. And I'll tell you what. I could just not fucking drive a car and pretend I'm a hero. Anybody could. You know what? I got three ex-wives way thicker than his wife. <laughs> Where's my parade? <laughs> Have you written a fucking Tumblr article about it? First of all, it was Instagram. Well, you know what? You're, you're not even trying no, at the lowest level. No, because I don't level. need to broadcast... My my thick pride. I'm thick. Where's my parade? Uh, you're not Where's thick. my thick parade? 
I'm you thicker should, than his wife. You should do like an Instagram one, but for like eating butt, where you're like, <laughs> people say my wife has a disgusting <laughs> ass with shit and diarrhea <laughs> coming down it all the time, but uh, I love eating my wife's disgusting yeah, right. fecal matter encrusted ass. And then people will be like, oh no. He's a hero. He's a hero. And then other people will be like, he's not a hero for licking dumpster ass. I lick dumpster ass and nobody likes me. And you know what? Look, I the think real feminist all perspectives heroes, are valid. The real feminist heroes are the men who show up and eat dumpster ass and don't act like they're heroes. That's for right. It. That's right. Men like me in the trenches every yeah. day, licking fifty Unlike to seventy Andy, times. <laughs> Andy, who fucking shows up and uh, you know punches the clock once, <laughs> right? And wants to say he's like a forty-year veteran of the struggle. Just because you wear a cape oh. doesn't mean you're a licking ass master. Oh, Sean, the I've eaten box maybe twenty times max. And yeah, my, but I'm it a, was really I'm good. I'm a 28 year old man. You know what? You know what, Andy? Um, who's cruising for puss? But I don't want my mouth anywhere near it. I'm constantly trying to get laid as long as it stays away from my beautiful, pristine chops. You say I've surrounded only, by poor facial hair. You say hair. I've only eaten pussy 20 times, like it's an insult. But Illmatic is only 40 minutes long. Probably the greatest album of all time. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like those individual experiences. Might be the best box that has ever been eaten for all I can you assure know. you that you did not eat box well. <laughs> I did. I totally did. What is no. your technique, Sean? How do you do it? You do the alphabet? No, no. The alphabet's I an urban legend. I think his technique is like, ew, 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 <laughs> ew, ew, ew. You know what I will say? Is, is, your, is, is your technique here's, binary And then code? the vibrations of you going, ew, ew, gross, gross, like here's, here's kind of I'll, get her off. Here's what I'll say. If you <laughs> place your mouth, or no, your your nose... If you place it like directly up against um, their uh, what do, what do you call Clitoris it? Clitoris hood. There you go. <laughs> but it'll block off the smell. <laughs> so you just you you nestle your nose right up against them, and then that gives you the ability to uh, really go down there without getting grossed out. How do you breathe though? Uh, you take breath. When you're doing it right, mouth. Andy, you don't need to. So breathe. you're just breathing all over that clit. Yeah, why not? You don't breathe on the clit? You got you to give some hot air on that clit. Uh, no no sexual foreplay that's hot air related, eh? Can you imagine you someone like leaning ass? over your dick and just going like... <sighs> a dick's different than puss. You, the, you, you roll the clit hood back, and then you blow some hot air on it. Yeah, I like to um, borrow a, a hair dryer and actually just kind of really get in there. <laughs> Me. I like how you say borrow like a Canadian. I do. <laughs> I have weird accent pronunciations. Uh, how many times do you eat in box, Yogi? I don't know, not that much. Maybe like five or six. Really? Like times or with like or well, how many times have I eaten box? How many people have I eaten box of, or how many times? That's a, uh, two different questions. One or the other. Well, times like with specific people, it might only be like three or four, or five or six. But uh, how many like specific like how many times have I gone down? I don't know, maybe probably hundreds at this point. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah, that's a normal number, Sean. Ten to twenty. So you like never sixty nine then, huh? I did once, and it was really gross. Like this girl I, uh, I was with was really into it, so we did it, and I was just like, oh. Her on top or you on top? Her on top. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I don't know. I, I mean, do it on the side. On the side, both on the side, mm, crazy. The pressure of them on top gets you to fucking really ramp it up. Put that nine in that sixty-nine, if you know what I mean. You do it on the side. That's like a sixty-eight. Like it's like it's good, but you need that extra. Where's the eight? Who's the eight? <laughs> do you know? Do you know my favorite place to sixty-nine? Eh. My office. Ooh, uh, <laughs> my cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> More like Foxy News. Bam, bam, bam. So uh, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, I kind of want to stay on how Sean's only eaten box 10 or 20. No, so this guy, he's he's doing a 15-minute TED Talk <sighs> about how he's pro-millennials. You know, I'm going to write an article talking about how I only like fucking the top of the top, and then at the end I'm just going to credit opposites attract. So <laughs> if she's not just a straight model fucking deck to the nines, I ain't interested. And watch the fucking plethora of, no, you're a piece of shit because of all this. And then I'll do a counter article and I'll say, you know what? Everyone that's criticized me, I'd never fuck you either. <laughs> we could talk about, oh, my new strategy to get us attention is um, 
I'm going to libel Alan Dershowitz, and then he's going to sue us, and then Yogi can take care of the legal bills. I've, uh, I've made sure to keep my names off of all of the podcast descriptions. <laughs> None of the fucking <laughs> metadata comes to me. This is a straight Andy Palmer, Sean McCarthy production right here. I do like the idea of um, we'll just like throw Andy under the bus and then I'll like take his shit and say I'm expropriating it because <laughs> he makes more money than me. That's I, actually what, what if we discredit Dershowitz and then I go on a mission to like catfish him? You should. You know what, man? If you fucking get Alan Dershowitz by pretending to be a 13-year-old girl, I will never speak a bad word of you again. What if I just use my old pictures of me as a 13-year-old and Photoshop it into a girl? Too dated. You got to get a new kid. You, you message Dershowitz as a 13-year-old like, Mr. Dershowitz, I would love it if you eat my butt, and then he blocks you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like send him those pictures, and then I show up, and he sees me. And then, like, it's the same face, but it's a 29-year-old man. The question of the hour is... And does he still fuck me? Now that you've eaten butt, do you want your butt to be eaten? Yeah. Sean, Sean, would you like your butt to be eaten? I don't really care. I mean, if somebody's, like, into that, I'm not going to stop them. But I'm also not going to ask for that, you know? It's fair. Um, But our good friend Alan Dersh... I mean, we have a bidet. We do. I used it the other day. It's awesome. I know. I used it today. I'm using it like every time now. Mm. You got to get on that bidet life, Yogi. I'd like to, but I, I, I'm like, I, I want a private bidet or a no bidet. You got you, like a you, square toilet. I don't know how. Like what? What are? What we got is it like hooks into the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you, I, I know the type of. Yeah, these. yeah. You yeah. know what we're what we're playing I know with. What you're rocking. Yeah, yeah. You should get one of those. I don't know if it would fit on your current toilet. But I'm leaving here, but uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, the best part about having a bidet is telling your guests it's a drinking fountain. <laughs> I turned it on once just to see where the water was coming from, because you can't tell just looking at it. Yeah. Or, and then like sprayed the cabinet in front of the sink. That's pretty funny. And then the Curb Your Enthusiasm music play. <laughs> <laughs> what time are we at? Uh, I think we're at like 40. No, oh, damn. We did Eight, what does that include the break or mm-hmm. damn yeah because we're at uh 18 19, or 19 here and uh i think we're like 28 on the other i one. don't know andy do you want to read a great column from seattle city arts hell yeah i do you ready for this yogi yeah i haven't read this yet i don't know what this is about oh it's so good uh so this is our last democracy later um so we are going to do a rip off of the chapo reading series because uh, this is the it's, last one. It's no nice one that we anymore. finally ripped off Chapo on this show. <laughs> I was waiting for us to do it, but we we decided that we were done doing our own thing. We've been too original for too long, <laughs> and uh, it's Andy. Are you desperately scrolling, trying to find this article right now? I'm not desperately scrolling. After you said you would bring it up and have it ready, I did, but I brought it up in Facebook. Well, wait. Do I have it open? And now, wait. Uh, Shut the fuck up, Sean. I mean, you can't blame me for being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, well, look. Uh, what, this is my fault? Yeah, we. I think we all agree that it's Andy's fault. I think so. I think uh, Apom's dropped the ball on this. And yeah, last time we did the, a podcast episode, I fell down some stairs. Oh, was were you mad at that? Because Andy felt bad, but I didn't think. No, I was mad because sh- Chris came down to see me, and Sean came down to see me, <gasps> and then I walked up the stairs, and Andy and Sarah comfortably on the couch. Uh, I the walked couch. to the door and said, "Are you okay?" And you said, "Yeah, I'm good." It- Yogi did make like a comedic fatty Arbuckle fall down the <laughs> stairs. I really wish the Benny Hill I mean, theme had been playing. It that would have been the best. Is if okay. when he came and back I, up, I slid. You back. put on the Benny Hill theme. <laughs> <laughs> that would have I actually would have respected. But Andy said just the dumbest joke, and I gave him my best Spartacus go away look. And you didn't shake his hand when you were leaving. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Is this why we're in the podcast? Because I made the worst joke when you. I just, I Andy's just, I insecure. I just don't want to do this anymore. I just feel I mean, like I just most of the episodes have dead air, and then like we don't re- like the thing I, I hate the most. To be honest, is last time we had an episode, I fucked up because I was sick and I fell, mm-hmm. and then waited an extra day to release it, and then the next day, the dude we spent thirty minutes talking about was fired, and I was like. This fucking sucks. We've already got a dated episode. Yeah, one day away, and I scare mooch. And in my head, the mooch. Me, 
was just like I I get that that's none of our faults, mm-hmm. but that sucks because now we have a, a dated podcast that's twenty hours too late. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. Uh, it was kind of funny. Like I, I mean, I was telling Andy this. Like in the episode, you can hi- kind of hear various things where we're like, yeah, let's put an audio cue in here, and then there's just not one. No, there, there was, <laughs> and it's yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, look, editing is a fucking bitch and it's hard, but that's why when you talk, we've talked about the dead air problem. That's why I want to bring on a fourth mic, but I understand we shouldn't fuck up the chemistry, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's like, look, I love you guys. I love hanging out with you, but it's ultimately like I view it as a radio show where it's like, how do we get the best thing? Right. Like you look at Opie and Anthony, they fucking hate each other and- uh, I think they're terrible human beings, but I think they made some pretty good radio for a while. Is this your case for <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm also like, I don't foresee myself. Look, all I'm saying is we need a fourth Mike who uh, abuses his underage, too. <laughs> his underage girlfriend <laughs> and, uh, you know, goes on racist rants on Twitter. Let's get Anthony Cumia for the fourth mic. <laughs> Speaking of Anthony Akumia, um, I found this nice article. Uh, why are white dudes like me? What are white dudes like me so angry about? Is that the is that the headline? What are white dudes like me so angry about? Oh by, this is uh, this is in the Seattle City Arts from July twentieth. Oh god! It's by uh, culture uh, columnist Maverick. Brett Hamill. <laughs> <clears throat> For as long as I can remember, mm. I've had anger. <laughs> Yes. It isn't directed at any specific person or thing or idea. Until now. (laughs) It's more of an ingrained attitude, a way of viewing the world. (laughs) This anger is never foremost in my mind. It lurks at the periphery, just outside my mental field of vision. (laughs) It's subtly colored my perceptions and everything I've done. But I don't consider myself an angry person overall. Can can I just stop and insert some context about Brett Hamill? Uh, Brett Hamill is a Seattle comedian. The most woke comedian. He's pretty woke. But in all of comedy. The point of the article that Andy is going to read you, listener, is that Brett Hamill, as an angry white dude, understands the angry white dude mentality like, that yes. created Trump. And yes. it should be noted that Brett Hamill has not worked a job for at least the last six or seven years because his wife supports him. So I think he's very qualified to understand the uh, anger of losing your manufacturing job that uh, might lead someone down the dark path to supporting Trump. Also, uh, Brett Hamill's wife studied, uh, she got her PhD, I believe, in gender studies, which qualifies Brett Hamill to have the most valid opinion in the room about gender studies. That's right, that's right. Because if there's one thing about feminism, it's that husband's automatically are granted all the knowledge and prestige <laughs> of their wives. I just like, and look, Brett Hamill's never been anything but nice to me, but I remember when he was like, you know, just kind of like a road hack kind of guy where it was like, you know, we did, uh, he ran a show at like this Thai restaurant and the uh, bartender was like a lady boy. And I just remember he came up to me after he was like, man, our bartender's a tranny. That's oh, so cool. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, well, that's pretty woke. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> right. I got shit to say about Brett Hamill. He's oh, yeah. He personally stole several gigs from me in stand-up. Really? I've been asked to feature. That's not very woke. I've been asked to feature at Laughs like more than four times, and then something happened, and Brett Hamill snuck his dick in there and stole the gig away from me. Well, it's like I always say, there's nothing more woke than a, a white person stealing an opportunity <laughs> from a person of color. <laughs> I, I, I had the headliner specifically asked to book me, and I emailed them being like, hey, he asked, I'd love to do this, and they said, sorry, Brett Hamill's got the gig. And it was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've, I've had that happen several times with me. I just know that... Uh, and listen, if you give the job to like a competent feature that needs work and stuff i don't mind i get it like sometimes you get bumped but hamill's not reinventing his own act when he wait, features that wait let's do some hamill bits you guys remember i just remember like one of joke bombs he'll always do like the donald rumsfeld thing where he's like you go to stand up with the jokes you have <laughs> not the jokes you want to have uh, i liked his uh classic uh social critique 
where he's trying to eat cereal, but then all the Cheerios form the shape of a dick, so <laughs> he can't eat it. And he is so repulsed by the Cheerio shape of a dick that he stirs it up, and guess what? Even bigger dick. Even bigger dick. Uh, can't eat it. Can't eat it. <laughs> I mean, if it became a smaller dick, you could consider it, but even bigger. Why do you why do you? Yeah, have that's, that's disgusting. It's repulsive to even imagine Cheerios in the shape of a phallus. I like I like the tag where there's, it forms a smaller dick, and he goes, Andy Palmer, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Solid mid-level burn there, Sean. <laughs> no need to fix Andy in there, but, but you really took him down a peg on a stance he wasn't even against you on. And then he gets the bigger dick, and he's like, oh, my cereal now has a false set of confidence and doesn't think it needs to go down on the head. <laughs> You see, now guys, my cereal doesn't please women, but walks uh, away thinking it does. Look, violent convulsing orgasms, all right? You don't fake those Sean, for the partners against women. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Sean McCarthy, why don't I eat box? Because I like violent orgasms. <laughs> They're not right. violent enough for me. <laughs> All right. Wait. Well, let's. What's more gems on this? Yeah. Let's let's Hamble finish piece. this Brett Hamill uh, reading series, which we thought of first. Actually, Chapo ripped us off. Yeah, we've been doing this longer than Chapo. <laughs> but I don't consider myself an angry person overall. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I didn't even know the anger was there until recently. <laughs> like he found out about masturbating, but the anger version. <laughs> so where the hell did it come from? I was raised free from abuse in a lower middle class household where uh-huh. my parents' feelings were acknowledged. Uh-huh. Or my feelings were acknowledged. My parents supported most of my interests and provided me with a used car when I turned 16 that sounds and put me through college. Straight like someone that was severely abused as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never been unjustly arrested or persecuted. I've been allowed to go about my merry way untrammeled in the world, for better or worse. Solid dictionary word there, family. And I just love that this is like... I'm a living example of white privilege. The most narcissistic personal analysis. Right, and he's not right. the only person who does this, but it's just like... It's like attempting to explain white male anger or Trump or whatever, but it just like starts with like seven pages of autobiography. Right, right, right. It's, right. Like, it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm qualified to talk about white privilege because I have it. Right, right, right. You know, most people talking about yachts have never even owned a yacht. No. Unlike me, though, I've owned several... I've owned a yacht, and I've learned a lot about people who don't own yachts. People that don't own yachts think that owning a yacht is a lot like this, but they don't realize when you own a yacht, you need a yacht (laughs) outfit. (laughs) Most yacht owners don't realize this, but I've become aware of my yacht privilege. (laughs) Let's see. Nevertheless, I had an instinctive mistrust of authority from an early age. As a young skateboarder, I was run off strip mall parking lots by meathead suburban cops. Growing into adolescence, I was drawn to the standard introductory subversive literature, the dissident humanism of Kurt Vonnegut, the outlaw insight of Ken Kesey and Hunter S. Thompson, the caustic self-satire of Thomas McGuane and Jim Harris. A total just, cliche. Andy, I identify could you bring up a shotgun sound? Because <laughs> I would like to blow my brains out listening to this. To Franny Glass's oh, bourgeois asceticism. Yeah, phonies, just like uh, you would not be identified as by any of the people you named. (laughs) If you're wondering how much he connects with Hunter S. Thompson, he once wrote Fear and Loathing at Open Mics and then tried to write a piece copying the style of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas about open mic comedy. This is something Brett Hamill did? Yeah, yeah, this was his first, like, City Arts piece was Fear and Loathing in Open Mic Comedy. And everyone on Facebook was like, it is... Amazing. <laughs> he, he took a bunch of peyote and listened to 700 rape jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is rape country. <laughs> we can't stop here. It's only just begun. <laughs> Play White Rabbit while the comic does the thing about how his ex-girlfriend is a cunt. It was 7.30 when stool humping started kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Brad Hamill's a genius. We got uh, more? I was forging and I... Oh, do we? 
<laughs> I was forging an identity, a manner of existing in the world. What I didn't realize was that I was doing it almost entirely based on the visions of preceding generations of white men much like me. Oh, God. Thoughtful types with rebellious streaks. For all the expansiveness that literature brought me, it was more or less a closed loop. Oh, hey, no. speaking of uh, thoughtful types with rebellious streaks, uh, Brett Hamill <laughs> admitted in a Facebook post that I just looked for, he might have deleted it, but his ancestors owned slaves. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm so, not shocked by that. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, your 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 uh, white male ancestors definitely had a rebellious streak, <laughs> a Confederate rebellious streak. Braham was also a perfect uh, example of somebody that moves to Seattle with a lot of uh, just genuine emotional and mental baggage, but but adapts the camouflage of liberalism in a city like Seattle. So they are perceived to be level-headed and well-adjusted. Right. And then slowly, once you unravel a, a single page that is their life, you're like, oh, you're a giant idiot piece of shit. Well, look, here's what I'll say. Brett Hamill, I actually agree with a lot of his politics, and he's kind of gone more left than liberal recently. He's just so insufferable and full of himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny to make fun of. And listen to his god awful well, prose. He's kind of trying to have Lindy West's career, right? Like he's, I'm pretty sure he's friends with Lindy West, and like is a big proponent of what she oh, yeah. does. And it's I, always kind of funny when he'll be like, he'll like sometimes on Facebook you'll see him like tag Lindy West like thoughts, and then she just <laughs> she just won't weigh in because <laughs> she doesn't respect him. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's great. Oh man, I gotta. I think I. Unfollowed him. I gotta refollow him. Oh, you're missing out. And dig in. I can't. I think I, I've been following him. I gotta get off that train. You know what? I think uh, Seattle uh, produces some of the greatest delusional Facebook presences <laughs> of our generation. Yeah, right. And I say that as one of the great delusional Facebook <laughs> Seattle presences of our generation. Oh man, Andy, give it me was more. more or less a closed loop. Older white men imparting their wisdom and oh. observations to a younger oh, white man. Oh, inject that Hamill directly into my veins. <laughs> their worldviews That's shaped pure, my identity and still do. That pure Hamill, baby. Oh, shit. Even as a relatively sheltered teen, oh, I intuited that there's something wrong with the way the world works. That's where the anger comes from. Oh, God, Adult up. society was a place of illusions and insincere pleasantries and barely concealed aggressions, and I wanted no part of it. Yet I was being inexorably forced into it. Gradually, I began to perceive the massive contours of oh, the so unjust systems governing this adult world. Yeah, yeah, like yeah you figured it all out, yeah, Brett right. Hamill. As you the specifics it. came into focus, I learned that these systems were created and held in place by and for white men like me <laughs> and all my favorite writers. That anger, once outwardly directed, began to turn inward. I realized that our voices were expendable to a great many people. My taste in literature, my opinions, my worldview, they were never definitive, regardless of how much those books meant to me. Parentheses, I might have realized oh, this a lot sooner if I'd ever bothered to read any books by black women, <laughs> or any women for that matter. Oh, Brett. now any women are just open, as good as black women? Open with black women. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Not just women, uh, black women, but also women. <laughs> I think books should just have it right on there in the subtitle, like, written by a disabled trans black woman. <laughs> so you, you have, like, a Brett Hamill point scale where it's like, you know, there's, like, an R-rated movie, right. but a book will have, like, a woke rating. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. <laughs> like, one to ten. Lately, a lot of people have asked the same question in some form or another. What the fuck is your problem, What Brett the hell Hamill? do white men have to be so damn angry about? White men's anger is ubiquitous in the age of Trump. Uh -huh. It drives our politics, our economic and foreign policy, our cultural institutions. Yeah. Our needs are catered to and taken as default at every level of society. Yeah, you know, like those uh, white men in West Virginia that had four million uh, opiate pain pills shipped into their town of 400 people, uh, you know, to create a fucking addiction epidemic. And among yet those we're white angry. Men. Yeah. Why? Why do you think they're angry, Brett Hamill? Let's uh, let's get to the bottom of this white male anger that you're not addressing the superstructure causes of at all. I'm no exception. Despite a happy childhood and a relatively trouble-free life, I've lived with this ambient mental backdrop of anger since at least adolescence. What's this relatively nonsense? 
like as if to be like I mean it's it's a relatively like yeah, really like I'm like privileged but like <laughs> not as privileged as others. <laughs> That's the great thing about privilege discourse is as long as you acknowledge your right? privilege, oh, you're yeah. actually less privileged than the people who don't have privilege. Right. Oh yeah, and so you can recenter yourself. Listen, I- I'm relatively not a rapist. Oh, sure. Yeah, that- that's good odds. Good odds on that, Brett. Uh, I'm going to give my fellow thoughtful white dudes the benefit of the doubt and thanks, assume Brett. that they're angry <laughs> like Why? me. Why, Brett? Why did you do that? Because they sensed from early on that the world is not the way it should be. Oh, okay. Got it. Perhaps like me, they realized at some point later in their development that they are an inherent part of the wrongness of the way things are. Many of my colleagues will Won't never accept this, but it's true, and any honest reading of history confirms it. <laughs> Many of my colleagues, name names, you're this far. And I love how, like, the implicit thing is he excludes himself from this. Yeah, right, but right, But he excludes right. himself while saying, like, I'm part of the problem, but I'm not as much of a part right, of right. the problem as these people hey, who are unnamed. Hey, maybe your colleagues suck because you're a shitty person, and their values are reflected through your fucking choices. <laughs> it's a horrifying realization. I would love of it if the article ended with things. like, uh, and I'll be at Laughs Comedy Club <laughs> instead of Yogi Polywall at these dates. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah. Please, 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 Brett. Please close with your fucking dates. <laughs> it's a horrifying realization. Openly admits he's a he's a good casino middle. That's his. That's his selling point. Of all the things to rebel against, the most crucial target is the space you occupy. Mm-hmm. It's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, shut up. One that should probably only be consumed with lots of therapy, self-reflection, All right, you know what? Can I cut and you the off patient for a love of friends and family. Can I cut you off? So this is the worst activism, is like this change begins with the self right, bullshit. Right. Because it's all just an excuse for narcissism, mm-hmm. where it's like the only thing you have control over is yourself, so you should just like feel guilty and go to therapy, and that's like changing the world, when it's totally not. It's an excuse to not go out out and do actual activism which involves you know knocking on doors registering people to vote unionizing workers etc etc so the self is not the beginning and end of activism the way brett hamill presents it as sean single payer isn't feasible in my (laughs) lifetime chelsea clinton when did you come here (laughs) oh man i know sean ate your butt but i didn't realize he'd graze us with your presence That's actually, that's my praxis, is I deny Chelsea Clinton the uh, (laughs) butt or box eating as a way of establishing the dominance of leftist politics. Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel that. Oh, God. I'm 42 now, married, and raising another little white boy who will make sure reads books by many different types of people. I'm sure he will not grow up to resent any of this. No, no. The books that kid will be reading are mind confident. <laughs> what if Brett raises like an alt right warrior? Why not? Of course. Yeah. That'd be the perfect historical irony if Brett oh. raises the next oh, Adolf so Hitler. Good. Oh, oh. I, I literally. Sean, Brett's only going <laughs> to raise the next Goering. <laughs> He's going to raise the logistics man the for next, the Fourth Reich. The next Rudolf Hess, who <laughs> just flies a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, my son, he's kind of involved in, like, the logistics of uh, moving trains around to uh, destroy (laughs) (laughs) ethnic populations. And, you know, I'll kind of be killed if I speak out against this. But uh, I've had private conversations when I told him not to do that. (laughs) You can read it here on my blog that's no longer available to the public. While moving trains to the mass extermination camps, I reflected... On my relatively trouble-free childhood <laughs> and the privilege I came from that allowed me <laughs> I to push 20,000 Muslim orphans hey, Brett, to you, mass slaughter. If you, if you really cared about people that weren't white reading this, why didn't you have it available in Spanish and fucking Hindi and Swahili and any other language? Please, that please people... don't encourage him to inflict his prose <laughs> on people who speak other languages. <laughs> they, got, they have, you know what? People who don't speak English have enough trouble in America <laughs> without having to read fucking Brett Hamill. <laughs> I've mellowed. Uh, of course you have. Some of the things that outraged me as a younger man seem laughable now. The Simpsons this is like, sucked after... He's like Mark Maron with none of the <laughs> humor and none of the success. But there's still a little flame of fury hovering on the periphery, <sighs> waiting to flare up through careful study, listening, and life experience. 
I have a better sense of how the world works. <laughs> it turns out, all this time, the one thing I should have been working hardest to change is myself. Oh, and God. that's infuriating. Did he did he leave a YouTube link of Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson? Is that, is that at the bottom? I love that's like how you would imagine a middle school essay to <laughs> right, close. Right, right, right. It's like, oh, I'm 42 years old, and uh, my wife supports me while I pretend to do stand-up and write for a living. <laughs> here's here's my uh, exquisite work about how, actually, the only thing we can change is ourselves. Brett Hamill is a stand-up comic, writer, cartoonist, and political commentator. He performs at clubs and festivals all over the U.S. <laughs> he and performs Canada. at clubs and festivals that Yogi was originally booked <laughs> on all over the U.S. <laughs> and hosts a live political comedy talk show at Northwest Film Forum. That's why we're doing this, uh, Professional yeah. Jealousy. Oh, yeah. The Seattle oh, yeah. Process, where he interviews politicians, activists, and artists. Hamill lives in the South End with his wife, two weird-looking dogs, and a baby. Why uh, is he, why is he uh, uh, pretty shaming his dogs, huh? Yeah, I love my thick dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I found this on our um, uh, our friend Blake's Facebook page, uh-huh. and the first comment is from a guy named Boris Epstein that says, "A self-hating white, stop the presses." And then Blake says, "I like Brett and I like his writing." And then Boris says, "Blake, not surprised." I think living for a couple of years in any country that black folks created would cure you guys. Oh, great. The alt-right trolls. And oh, wait then, a minute. Brett's about to lay some woke down. And Brett jumps in. A racist who doesn't like my writing? <laughs> Stop the presses. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other great thing about woke folks, is they always identify racism or sexism with just not liking them. Right, right. As if, like, there are that's nobody who's not racist and sexist who uh, doesn't like you. Right, right. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, racism, it's like Jim Crow and also not liking me. Those two <laughs> things kind of like are linked and go hand in hand. You know, that's that's telltale sign. It's like South African apartheid, but also thinking my writing is like sophomoric and childish. <laughs> and I'm a 42-year-old man who needs to grow the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus. It doesn't say whether they actually stop the presses here. I assume for City Arts doesn't have the dough to stop and restart the presses. Mm-hmm. I don't think they. I don't think they start the presses. I think that. Oh, they're all online. I think they're most like they do a, a monthly, where that shit doesn't get published. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like the idea of like woke millennials reading bread and being like, "What the fuck are presses?" <laughs> <laughs> this old man's references don't make sense <laughs> to me. Oh man, I spent last night trying to explain uh why you don't touch the shiny side of a nintendo wii game to a four-year-old why did you do that because <laughs> he was touching the shiny side of barbie's musketeer adventure <laughs> just take it out of his hand and tell him to stop doing that no he was having fun with it you know i think the biggest difference between um india and the u.s that i felt a lot this trip was the public, the social views on abusing your children. Because in India, fucking, you can let her rip, and people are cool with it. And I'll be honest, every day, I didn't hit a child, but I thought about it. Yogi, you're right. I should have beaten my girlfriend's children. I think so. That'd be that would be what an alpha would do. Yeah. How <laughs> long did it take? You beat your girlfriend's children and then you refuse to go down on her That's after. Right. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is dominance politics, okay? <laughs> I'm a leftist who believes in dominance politics, which is why I'm the alpha here. Oh, man. We yeah. are at 45 on this one. Oh, all right. Well, I don't know. This is maybe the last one. That'd be sad, but... Why don't you guys continue it? I don't know. I mean, like, we'll do... I want to do something, but if you're gone, we got to change the format. It's just that simple. I don't... I mean, sure, but me leaving shouldn't stop you from doing that. Can we still use your mics? No. (laughs) That's kind of a problem. Well, then that's why it's ending, (laughs) because we don't have (laughs) mics anymore. I guess we've got a set of shitty mics we could use. Look, listeners, message Yogi and tell him not to quit. I'm also gone out of town too much to eh, maintain it this. It doesn't matter. matter. We make it work. We've made it work. I don't know. I just feel like this this isn't the right fit anymore. 
Yeah, we had fun. We, we, I, I enjoy doing it. But we just like, got to shit on Brett Hamill more. That's the <laughs> magic ingredient. We, di- we didn't know. We were stressing ourselves, and then we were like, oh, this is it. There's just a lot of woke idiots in Seattle we can start beef with, and that'll be it's a true. lot of fun. Yogi, I'm sorry I didn't come downstairs. It's okay. That's sweet. And I'm sorry. sorry I made that joke. I thought it was going to break the tension. Did I mention I do respect Yogi a lot for not shaking Andy's hand when he leaves? Because <laughs> Andy's like so insecure that, of course, that like stayed in his head for an entire week. Sure, which is yeah. like, you know what? Maestro. Well, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, what, what was the joke you said? Uh, well, so when you fell... I said, ha ha, it look was at a- that fat coolie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Andy. There was just this tumbling was sound racist. down the stairs, and then a cartoonish like pause, and then cla- like clanking yeah, from I you s- hitting I slid into the recycling. Bag- bags yeah. of bottles. Yeah, And then Andy went, hey, too bad you failed the MCATs, or you'd be able to fix yourself. Because <laughs> you're Indian, and all Indian people are doctors. I said, Yogi, you've been hitting the bottle too much. Yeah, and I gave I gave Andy the dirtiest look I could in that moment. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny how like Andy showed no concern for his friend and then made a joke. <laughs> I showed <laughs> concern, <laughs> and the joke was to break the tension. No tension was broken. Look, listeners, if you're wondering why this is ending, it's entirely because Andy abused Yogi at a party. That's right. That's right. And uh, you know it what? It wasn't even a party. It was just after the right. episode. Oh yeah, we were doing the last episode and we were hanging out and yeah. Yogi fell downstairs, and Andy made a tasteless racial remark, and it's been boiling over. But, you know, I just want to say, anybody who listened, hey, uh, you're the heroes. And honestly, like, we got some feedback that I really liked, so I think what we I, did. Yeah, I will say that. Uh, this was very, uh, the people that liked it, I they really enjoyed it, and I was very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I, likely we'll take a break. I'm hoping to convince Yogi to come back or retool this in some format, but we'll see. That's it. Yeah. Thank you all for uh, listening. And remember, uh, resist Trump, okay? (laughs) Like, tweet at him every day, and then we can fix shit. But in all seriousness, the DSA is running a lot of great local candidates. If you're in New York City, register as a Democrat by October 12th so you can vote in Democrat primaries and uh, get some real socialists into office. That's about it. Andy, you got anything? And you know, I'll try and I'll try and eat the box a little more. When we return, I will have eaten the box more than any <laughs> any other panelists. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, this has been Democracy Later. My name's Yogi Polywall. I'm Andy Palmer. I'm Sean McCarthy. Thanks, guys. <laughs>